Well, hello and welcome back to Inspiring Hope, where I encourage you to have only positive expectations through self-care. I am your host, Tracy Williams, and you're going to be joining me with a very special guest today. Her name is Lori Herbers, and she's going to be spilling the tea on her new book called Second Chances, How I Turned Hate into Love and Found My Purpose. All right, y'all know how we do. Let's get it. Let's go. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit. How did you get started? What made you write this book, especially with this topic? <laughs> um, it was not my idea. It was God's idea. <laughs> He'd been telling me for years I was going to write a book called Second Chances. And this was before I even accepted that I was going to write anything. And I was like, uh, OK. <laughs> Um, and I actually wrote a book called Second Chances in like 2014. And it was mostly kind of just to see if I could do it, you know, and figure it out. And um, and I'm like, see, I wrote it. And God's like, no, that's not it. <laughs> because this book, I dove deep. Like it is full on vulnerability. I am so open about all these things that happened to me because it can help other people understand that no matter where you come from or your background, or if you have trauma or anything like that, you can be set free. You don't have to stay entangled in the mess. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was tangled deep. A lot of us, that happens to a lot of us at different points in our life, right? Yeah. But I like how you mentioned that vulnerability and that's something that we really need if we really want to be set free and, you know, uh, be able to just move forward in life is to let go of the past. And sometimes it's hard to let go, but it's possible. I always think the word hard is relative. It's relative to what you think and how you feel. You can always have mind over what really matters. So like your priorities, what are your priorities? You got to determine like what really matters to you, right? Right. And our brain is such a powerful thing. There was actually a study done that, um, the same things in your brain light up if you just vision visualize yourself doing something as if you're actually doing something. So there's so much power in there. We have the ability to do a lot of things we don't really understand <laughs> until we actually do it. And I have really found too that if you keep if you're one of those people that just keep stuffing everything down because you're like, okay, I'm good. No, one of these days it's just gonna be a volcano. And that's kind of how it was with me. It was just this eruption of just so much anger that I had shoved down and and what's so hard to understand is you have to actually walk through the pain if you actually want to get rid of it. You can't go over it, around it, shove it down. It'll just sit there and it'll just stagnate until you actually deal with it. So that's the hard part. We just want to take a leap and jump over and, you know, forget all the muddy stuff and all the ugly stuff, all the painful things and, and get to just feeling better and doing better and all that great stuff and having good relationships but it does affect every area of our life. So I appreciate you being vulnerable with us. So you mentioned the, you know, the, the pain and the angers. Tell us about one of your first memories of really being, having that pent up anger and how that affected you. Oh man. Um, I don't know because when I was really little, I was very shy and quiet. So I was more of that. When you have that trauma response that heightened, either you fight. Fight or freeze fight, freeze, faint, or flee, I would flee. Like I would run. I can remember times when my mom would start yelling at me and she'd see me start moving. And she's like, don't you be out there. And I'd be out the door. Like I just, 
I ran. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with any of it. So it wasn't until um, probably like 17, because by then I was the last kid in the house. And so it was just my dad had, the, I had no buffer. It was on all of the time. Um, and so he was very mean. And so I started fighting back. Then it came to fight. So if anyone, even just a little this trigger, somebody could just say something random and I'm like, ah, <laughs> it was just so built up in me. I was just so angry all of the time. Um, and usually would just come out in really weird moments, like, cause you're not expecting it. Cause like I said, when it's just, it's like this volcano that could erupt at any second and you just never knew what exactly was going to trigger you. Sure. So yeah. So by the time I got 18, man, I was just ticked off at the world and everybody. Yeah. So. Well, I can understand that. Now you mentioned your dad was pretty mean. So was he emotionally abusive? Was he an alcoholic or tell us about that? <laughs> um, yeah, he was very emotionally abusive towards me. Not so much towards everyone. He'd had his moments, but it was really aimed in at me because I was not supposed to happen. <laughs> he had his boy. They were done. Surprise. We're only 14 months apart. So it was a real quick surprise. Um, and he didn't talk to my mom for six months. It was her fault. And then it was my fault. Once I came, you know, my presence would just anger him, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So he's always telling me I was stupid and worthless and I would never amount to anything and I couldn't do anything right. I would get blamed. I would get blamed for so much stuff. He would come up to me and be like, who was all at that party? The cops showed up. And I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't there. He's like, Yo, don't lie to me. You were there. I'm just like, I wasn't even there. <laughs> so yeah, he, you know, I would just get blamed for the craziest stuff. And yeah, and that's a lot of weight on a kid because he started at when I was oh, young. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, and then I wanted to be perfect because then I thought, you know, when I was younger, I'm like, well, maybe if I could just be this perfect kid. So I was like the rule follower <laughs> and I, you know, dotted my eyes, crossed my teeth. Like I was so straight and narrow. If there was a rule, I was following it because I'm like, maybe if I can just be perfect, he'll love me. And straight A's didn't even do it. So finally, I was like, whatever. In high school, I, I'm lucky I graduated, honestly, because I just didn't care. I didn't do homework. I wouldn't raise my hand. I didn't talk. Like, I just, I was like, what's the point? Because I'm a failure no matter what I do. And so, yeah, that's a heavy weight to put on someone. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, that is very traumatizing when you, especially when you have somebody who are supposed to protect you and love you or show you what that looks like. and feels like they're the ones that are putting you through these traumatic situations. So, yeah, I get it totally. Um, so we see like, you know, how that could affect your, your relationship with yourself first, because you took those words and you internalized them, you know, and all that built up stuff. So tell me this, how did you get to the point or how long did it take you to get to from one point, point A to point B, where you were just like, okay, so you're not, believe in the lies anymore and then like what's under that anger you know because there, there's always anger is like the secondary layer yeah. you know like I see it, like we have that, that the layer that you can't see yes yeah. and the, and it was and it was a lot about because I, I wanted someone to love me and I just truly felt that I was unlovable like that no one could possibly because if my own father who is meant to love me, couldn't love me. Like who, who could, like, I carried that so long. There was so much pain in that, just that feeling of, you know, being so unimportant and unworthy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. It, and, and like I said, like I went through layers. Um, Cause then back in like 20, 2009, yeah, like 2009 is when I really just, he passed away and I ended up getting divorced all at the same time. It was a big mess. And so 
like I can remember, I just was in, yelling at God. Like I blamed him. I thought it was his fault that this is my life. And then I had nothing to do with it, which is, <laughs> you think back now and I'm like, that's kind of silly. <laughs> he did, He wasn't the one who said, you know, go right and go left and say that and do that, you know? Um, and so I had to come to the understanding that, you know what? My belief is what is causing this. Like what we believe is what comes to us. And so because I believed I was unworthy and unlovable, I brought people into my world to help me believe that I was unworthy and unlovable. That's what we do. We are manifesting all the time, whether you believe in that or not, it's either you're manifesting stuff you want or you don't. And so I just kept manifesting what I truly believed about myself. And it wasn't until I understood that I had the power to change my perspective and my thinking. Did I start to make any progress because I journaled with God for like years and I would feel like, I thought I was doing really good, but that underlying all the beliefs was still in there. It wasn't until I started pulling them out and going, oh, am I really unlovable? And go, yeah. well, when is that not true? And I'm like, well, my mom loves me. It was, it was so weird because I was always focused on my dad hating me. But meanwhile, my mom like loved me. <laughs> she kept me. She wanted me. Um, so it's, it's kind of also, what, what are we viewing on? What are we feeding? Because I just kept feeding that belief that I wasn't worth anything and so then of course that's what i got so that was awesome that you had a mom though that really showed you that love so often lost you know so so i'm really grateful for that but yeah that that's awesome and thank you again for being so vulnerable if you're just joining us again this is sarah i mean i'm sorry this is Lori (laughs) and she's sharing with us about her her book that's uh, come out is brand new, The Power of Sex. Well, I'm saying the show is called The Power of Second Chances, but it's called Second Chances, right? And so it's out there on Amazon, you guys. I will put a link um, in the comment section. So if you want to check that out, you definitely can do that. And as you're jumping on, please say hi or something so we know that you have any questions. Please jump in with your questions. But we're going to get back to it. And Sarah, this is my next question, because I noticed that you say you had a divorce. So, of course, that affects your relationships, you know, when we don't, you know, when we're not healed, when we're walking, walking in that um, fright, flight, fright or freeze stage because we've been traumatized and everybody deserves to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. You know, it's like on the hierarchy of needs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you go through teaching, that's one on one, too, because the kids in your room. If they're not, their basic needs aren't met, you're not teaching them anything. Exactly. And love is one of the main, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I just want to put it out there that a lot of times either underneath that feeling of anger. So if you guys have those bouts of anger or, and you really are those little fits and you don't know where they're coming from. Sometimes you got to look beneath the surface um, and see and ask yourself those introspective questions. So Sarah, tell us, I mean, I don't know why I keep calling you Sarah. I apologize, Lori. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about, you know, like how that all of that happened at the same time with your dad and with your ex-husband now. You know, how did that stuff make you feel and how did you walk through that? Not very well. (laughs) Um, Well, see, it was all at this big accumulation of, of course, I didn't have a good relationship because I didn't love myself. And so he fought and we fought or we would just ignore each other, period. And so um, that was already horrible. And my dad died just suddenly, just out of nowhere. He was so healthy. Um, And it's a crazy story. He actually was cutting down a tree and the tree fell and a branch flew up and hit him in the back of the head. And that was it. 
Wow. So you, you never know. And so, and the craziest thing at that time was normally when I would call home and I'd, if he happened to answer, he would just hand it to my mom. But it was getting to the point where he would he would actually ask, how are you doing? What's going on? And we were just starting to kind of build a relationship and he passed mm-hmm. away. So that was on top of it all. And so, you know, because I was in Kansas and they lived in Wisconsin, which is like 10 hours away. And so when it happened, I didn't get home till like 2 a.m. And at the time, my husband was, I don't even know where the heck he was, but I had left a message. I tried calling him. I had already packed, got my daughter because he wasn't my daughter's dad. She was actually at her dad's and he had to bring her and I had already got us packed in the car and we're two hours down the road before he ever even called me to even acknowledge that my dad just passed away. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, so I was home for the week to do, you know, to have the funeral and whatever. And he was busy moving. <laughs> he was like, oh, she's not here. I can take everything and just go. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, that was fun. <laughs> So, but and I was also in school going to, you know, to get my teaching degree. And so I kind of just shoved it all in to deal with it because I was right in the middle of a semester and I, and my mom was like, why are you here? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm here because of you. And she's like, but you're in school. I'm like, it's fine. And so I really didn't get to deal with it because it was in January until summer. And so I just kind of shoved it all in and got through that semester. And then summer, I was like in turmoil because I was going home and I knew I, when I got home, I was going to have to deal with his death. And it was like such a heavy way. So, and that's in my book. There's a huge chunk about that. And um, actually when I was writing it, my daughter came out was like, cause I was crying. I was like sobbing, just writing that part. And she came out of her room was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just writing my story. It's fine. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, okay. And I just wonder what, cause she knows like there's, there was so much pain in that. And, um, But I love that you were writing and journaling because there's so much healing that comes from that. A lot of people, a lot of my clients say they don't like to cry because, you know, makes them feel like they're a baby or they're this or that. But you know what? It is one of the best things that you can do for your own self-care and self-love is to release those feelings, let them go. Mm Because it does release some endorphins in in your brain that make you feel good. But haven't you ever noticed that you get a good cry out after it's over, you like, Wipe your snot up and all that and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It comes off your shoulders, you know. It does. It's very cleansing. There's and that's and here I will study. I read a lot, but there's actually a study on tears. The difference there's actually something different in tears when you're actually crying out pain and, mm-hmm. and turmoil. It was crazy. I don't remember where I saw that, but it was really interesting that they actually studied that what came out in the tears was different than like happy tears. It's, I don't know. Awesome. But anyway, I got sidetracked, but yeah, no. And I was one of those. And it's funny that you say that because I always hated crying because my face is puffy and then I'm all snotty and then I just like, Ugh. but it's so cleansing. It really does. It really helps you kind of, because you get, when you're so stressed out, it's like, you're so up here and then crying kind of pulls you here. And that's what helps kind of cleanse you. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so through all of that and that, and that healing that was taking place, is that what, what the second chance book is about? Is that it, is, it, is, it, it really is. Um, it is my, it's my journey It's basically from my birth to not being wanted, you know, and through different moments throughout my life. Like when I got pregnant, when I was married, got divorced, my dad passed away. Like, it's just, it just kept accumulating because my focus was always on that. I'm not worthy piece. And so it's, it is. It's our perspective can change. We don't understand sometimes that when someone says something to you and then it gets caught in your head and then you keep thinking it and then you keep feeding it and then pretty soon you're believing it. And once you believe it, 
that's your foundation. That's everything you're bringing. And so for so long, my foundation was I'm unworthy and I'm a failure really. And so, which is crazy because I didn't fail very often, but I still believe it. it didn't matter. Like I got my associate's degree and then I got a bachelor's degree and I'm just like, eh, whatever. That's how I felt about my birthday. It'd be my birthday. I'm like, eh, I don't want to do anything. I don't even tell people it was my birthday because that's how insignificant I thought that I was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta get in there because we, sometimes there's beliefs in there that aren't even ours. That's what's crazy. Someone might just say something to you and for some reason you heard it and you kind of, eh, and then somehow it's still in there and you're, and you're carrying it around because that was one of mine. For a long time and i think that's why it took me so long to really write somewhere along the line somebody told me that god was the only one who created that had any power to create anything people we didn't have any power at all and so i didn't think i had power to do anything and then uh, you know with all my journaling god's like um you have power because you're mine i go through you if you're meant to write a book you're it's already in you i put everything already and then i started going wait a minute <laughs> Who the heck told me that I couldn't do these things? If you know, because if you think about it, people that you know figured out electricity and technology and all these people, they created. They had it came through them to create it. And so then, yeah, I didn't even realize I was carrying that belief, or who even said it to me. But it was yeah. stuck in there. <laughs> Our so beliefs are really powerful. So, yeah. so in that, how did you? Was this part of you finding what your purpose was? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, because why we're here, you know, because I wasn't even believing in myself at all. Like I wasn't being authentic. I was just figured I was nothing. And so it wasn't until I really started digging into those beliefs and getting to know myself and, and fully accepting everything that I've ever done. Cause I've made a lot of stupid mistakes <laughs> and that's just part of life. Um, mistakes is how we learn and that's how we grow. Um, so I lost my train of thought, <laughs> but it wasn't until I started to understand that I had the power. I have the power to change me. Nobody else can get up in here. They don't hear what I'm thinking. I had to pay attention to what I'm thinking. And I forgot what you asked me. I'm sorry. I just kind of went. <laughs> That's okay. I was just asking about, you know, once you start writing and that healing starts coming, is that kind of how the place where you find like what your purpose is, like why you're here, why these things happen to you? Because I think a lot of us get yeah. stuck. In, I'm not worthy. I'm rejected. Nobody wants me. You know, I'm not this. I'm not that. And but then in, inside of that, once you start really just set it all down, you know, and weigh out mm -hmm. like what are your beliefs and not what other people put on you, not what you yeah. hear and not what you see, you know, then you find something in that. Right. Yes. So, yeah. So even through, cause I've done some different coaching certifications and um, like my whole thing was I wanted to be in my heart space. I wanted love like more than anything. So I was like, I'm just going to find it. I'm very stubborn and that's what kind of kicks me through life. Um, and so I literally would spend every single day, like every morning I would set intentions for the day. I would do a visualization before I even left the house, filling up with love until it was a bubble around me. So, and even like, I even could picture walking down the halls at schools and, and like glitter, like I, wherever I walked, I would leave glitter, which was love everywhere. Cause we, there's so much love in the world. It wasn't until I understand the enormity of love that's in all life. Cause all life comes from love. We can tap into it anytime we want. There's so much love. And so it wasn't until I really started tapping into that and really listening to my soul, my soul expression, that I was like, 
I went through all of this. That book is why I'm here. I went through all of that for all of you, for everyone out there, for everyone that's suffering, that feels trapped, stuck, um, stuck in hate or directionless loss, like any of those things. That's why I'm here. That's why I started coaching other people is because when I thought about, if I told myself that I could not help people break Mm -hmm. free, like it feels like my soul shatters. Like that's how I knew it was my purpose. Cause if you're stuck trying to figure out what your purpose is, then ask yourself, how would you feel if you couldn't ever do it? Because for me, that just felt like the worst thing ever. <laughs> so when you're really meant to do something and the thought of it not being able to do it. Yeah. So if you, if you look at something and you think, Oh, if I can't do that and you're like, yeah, that doesn't really bother me. That's not your purpose. <laughs> so that is one way I've had some people say they're stuck. And then if I tell them that they're like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that is how I figured it out. Yeah. I like that. That's a very simple thing that people can actually just, you know, grab a hold to is, you know, tap into your intentions and really stay in that place. Surround yourself mm-hmm. with love. Uh, one of the good habits I have in the morning is uh, when I wake up, you know, I read my, my I, well, I, I grab my phone. I read what's the scripture for the day because my <laughs> uncle always gives me a scripture in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I try to beat him. And send him a scripture before he sends me one. <laughs> but that rarely ever happens. <laughs> so I think that helps set the tone of your day. You know, mm-hmm. so when you when you decide, okay, this is this is how it's gonna be, this is what I'm gonna believe for me, and this is what I'm worthy of, and, and what this is what I deserve, those type of things, then that really helps other people know how to treat you and it teaches you who to look for to have relationships with whether they're, you know, work relationships or romantic relationships or, or no matter like whatever it is, then that's a, a good way to put that out there like that. Right. So, yeah, that that's awesome. So what other tips do you have for people that may feel like, you know what, I just want to start all over again. If I could just do it all over, but it's hard for me to start. So where, what would you tell them? Um, self-care, because like for me, I didn't do self-care. I was always last. And That's the craziest thing. We have to be first. If you look at relationships, what's a relationship you're in? You can't ever leave yours. (laughs) So if you're not taking care of you, nobody else is. And, and I was also brought up to believe that, you know, self-care was selfish. So then I'm being selfish, but then on the flip side, yeah. And then it wasn't until I actually started doing it and paying attention to what the heck, because now my daughter, you know, because if I don't honor me, then everyone around me doesn't. Because they're like, well, she doesn't even care to take a moment. She doesn't need a moment. So we set the precedent of what others give us. So my biggest thing is in order to honor other people the way they deserve to be honored, you must first honor you. And that means self-care, self-care, because you're teaching your children not to do self-care when you don't, because they do what we do, not what we say. And now I'm like, no, I'm telling her, okay, (laughs) self-care. So. Yeah, super important. And if you don't even know what you like, that's another big clue. You haven't been taking care of yourself. Because if you're like, I don't even know what to do. Well, then start making a list. <laughs> start making a list of things you like to do. And it could be quick things. It can just be um, an uplifting song. That'll get me real quick. I just pick up songs like, um, what is that one I really, really like? You Make Me Brave. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember who sings it, but I love that song. If you want a quick, it doesn't have to be... Anything, you know, sometimes people think self-care is going to take an hour. I got to take like a spa day. No, it could just be um, if you like to read, read for five minutes or 
It's your song, paint, write, read, you know, whatever it is you like. It can be simple breathing exercises. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I Give love that thing. answer because it's, that, that is the main part of it is do the things that make you feel good and things that are going to enhance you and make you grow. I mean, if you're a reader, then read. If you're not a reader, start reading because leaders are readers. <laughs> and you get to grow and you get to learn how to love on you because if you don't know how to love on you, you definitely will know how to love on yourself. I remember um, when I was young, I, well, I was younger and I used to tell the young girls, if you really want a husband, then you got to pray that he knows how to treat a young lady. You know, watch how he treats his mom. If he yep. treats her good, then you might be okay. <laughs> but if you don't <laughs> treat her good, like uh, you can totally hang it all up, you know. Right. So, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing, self-care. I, I, I uh, appreciate you saying that. Self-care is yeah. important. Yeah, sure. and also... Um, if you think about it, because I always call it a love bucket. So we all have this love bucket. And if we're not filling it. So for years, I was basically dragging, just dragging this empty bucket around thinking that I'm going to give anybody anything. I'm not. I was just exhausted all of the time. And so then also imagine that if you do meet your, your person that you're meant to be with and your bucket's empty, why should they have to be the one to fill it all? That is a, that is a mean, mean thing to do to somebody. Because <laughs> right. that was what I was doing for years. I was expecting I was just going to meet this person, and he was just going to fill that bucket. That's a really heavy weight to put on someone else. If you, but now imagine if you both come with full, overflowing love buckets, how amazing that relationship will be. Right. <laughs> so, so the other way around is called selfish. When you want them to do everything, and, yeah, and you don't want to listen to the other person, but and you have to give on both sides. That's totally true. But something that you said that I think a lot of um, a lot of us are guilty of is, um, you know, you were going to school when all this stuff happened. And so you just kind of had to keep going and push everything down on the inside until mm -hmm. like one part of your world stopped. Right. Not everybody yeah. else's world. But it's amazing how when those things happen, we have a habit of still doing really great. So we're excelling in this area, whether it's educationally, whether it's at work professionally or having our own business. But then on the inside, when you get home at night, it's yeah. you, you alone and you got to deal with you. So it's really best to I always say, like when you have secret feelings or any kind of secrets, they're kind of like worms on the inside of you. So just imagine oh, worms on the inside, just like tearing you. Up. And they're just like crawling around, tearing you up. So when people have those inner fits, like, She's just mad for nothing. She just get mad all the time. Like, no, something's going on. You just don't know what it is. And exactly. that may not understand or realize what it is. Or if they do, they may not be at the point where they're ready to admit what it is yet. Yep. But as a friend, if you notice somebody like that, you can always simply say, is there anything you want to talk about? Or if there is anything you want to talk about, just let me know. I'm always here for you. Because, you know, when they're going through those stages, you don't really want to be around them too much <laughs> because you never know. It can be explosive at any time. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Just let them know you're there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. OK, so before we jump off of here, because I said it would be a short lunchtime thing, I want to uh, you just tell them anything you want to about your book and the best way to get in touch with you. I love how you do uh, like the the thirty minute discovery calls with people. So tell us a little bit about that and how what to expect for that. Um, okay, so yeah, you can find me on calendly.com backslash soul love legacy um, and sign up for a call. 
it's just our way of um, you get to kind of kind of know me. I get to know you, what you're struggling with, um, because when you work with someone, you have to feel safe. It has to be someone because otherwise you will not open up and get those worms out, <laughs> basically. Um, so, yeah, it's just to make, you know, and I got to make sure you're helpful because also if you're not willing to actually do the work and get through the things, then no one can help you. And so it's just kind of a joint. You get to know me. I get to see what you're struggling with. I can show you how I can help you if you want to work with me. So it's basically what that's for. Awesome. Otherwise, I appreciate it. And you can also reach me on soullovelegacy.com or soullovelegacy on Facebook. I have a page. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the name of your book. That is that's really uh, catchy and it's something that's needed because we all need second chances you know uh many more than a second chance so so that's awesome so thank you again for joining me i appreciate you being here today it was so good to meet you and talking to you and I thank just you if you guys are watching this on the replay please put it in the comments say hashtag replay i appreciate that if you're looking on youtube make sure you give me the thumbs up if you like this information and hit that subscribe button that big red subscribe all right thank you peace out you guys have a great day. Remember, it is a terrific Tuesday, so make it terrific. It's your choice.